is going on, everybody? This is the Over Six Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me, as always, is the Turf King, Cameron Charlton. What's going on, Cam? Well, we just had a crazy week in the NFL. Just one of those weeks where you look back and you're like, wow, these games kind of didn't go the way you expect, but you're like, oh, we should start to expect some of these a little more. No. Big news out of the Jays because you're getting everybody named to awards. Sounds like you got seven guys who can make the all-pro team. Just super exciting that way. Scotty Barnes is still just a stud. This guy's unbelievable. When you hear other guys in the league talking, you had Durant going off about the other day. This guy's 19-20. Sheesh. Like, this guy's just going to go off. Like, it's exciting to be fans of all these teams right now. I mean, we can skip the hockey part. I mean, do we have to skip the hockey part? I mean, the Leafs went on a five-game, you know, winning streak. The The parade is back on. So that's really good to see. I feel bad for all of the event coordinators who constantly have to uh, – who constantly have to change their plans. But, yeah, five games, the parade's back on. Lose a predictable one to the Kings in a letdown spot. Uh, feeling pretty good. Uh, Habs are continuing just to, you know, do their thing. Scotty Barnes is still, like, just watching this. I forget how tall this dude is. Like, I don't know why I thought he was a short, like, a short point guard guy. And he's a freaking monster. Like, this guy is just unreal. Like, just his his rookie numbers are amazing. Uh, the Jays, seven, seven guys making possibly making the all-pro team, and they didn't make the playoffs is wild. No, it's nuts. You're going to have a guy win the Cy Young. You're going to have the runner-up in the MVP. Two out of the three MVP nominees are from your team, and you didn't make the playoffs. It's just it's it's a crazy thing to happen. Well, and let's just roll right along with the Jays then. Um, there, There's, you know, reports out today that the Jays are – actively and aggressively pursuing free agents in the market. Uh, you know, Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray, obviously like that's, that's a, you know, a given. Um, but the sounds of it are, is that they're, they're, they're going all in for next year and possibly the year after. And I don't think that comes to a surprise to you or me. Um, it's, you know, baseball is very cyclical in the sense where when you get a chance, when you have that young core, you empty the covers and you go for it when you can. Um, you know, especially when you have a good, you know, a, a team that's hit decently amount on draft picks when they were not doing as well, which is important. Um, you know, they just have this ability to to go for it. At, you know, the last time they went for it was in 2015. Uh, didn't get the job done. I feel like they're better situated now because they have younger players. Um, so maybe the run can be, you know, one year or, or, or two years or whatever the case is. But, yeah, I mean, definitely exciting. No doubt about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just huge. You look around at it, and it could be even like three years here. The only bad contract you have for the next three years is probably uh, Ryu's. But even you look at Ryu, yeah, he's not living up to the expectation of an ace or what you paid him. But if you have this guy as a third, fourth starter, I know you're overpaying him to be that, but he's solid, and he's still something who can be really good a part of your team. All the young guys, you still got a few years, so why not? The other, like, you have Springer in, but he's in forever, so... It's it's right now you have two, three years where you can go for it. So why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I hope Springer stays off the IL next year. Yeah, that's huge. The guy was actually really good, especially like war and every statistical category when he was healthy this past season. And I test too. at end of the season. He was, you know, like when we had both gone to games, like he was hitting dingers. Like he was, you know, kind of what Josh Donaldson was to the team prior in 2015. He was filling that role. Um, he's just got to play more. 
I fully believe that if he wasn't injured for the first three months of the season, that you know they they would have that. I mean, what do they miss out by? Two games, one game. Yeah, like it was basically, like they were just out of it by one game. There. Springer or like Springer is definitely worth two games over forty. No yeah. doubt. No, for sure. No doubt about it. So he's in, and you're making it right. And then I don't know. Maybe they could have gone on a on a run. I mean, the Braves like they did not have that great a season until the end. They heated up, and this is what happens in baseball. Like I mean, look at a team like the Dodgers, who everybody was like, "Man, oh my God, the Dodgers are the most stacked team in in baseball," and they got it done. They they got beat by a hot team. Like that's just how it goes, right? So if you could have maintained that momentum that they had in late August, then you know. It could have been uh, a different story, but we look forward to next year, no doubt. Yeah, baseball is no different than any sport. It's a long grind to get through the year, but if you make it there, you can get it done. Anybody can win in baseball as well. Oh, I mean, hopefully next year is our year because I still haven't seen that championship. So, I mean, I can't keep harping the Leafs Cup anytime soon. So, anyway, um, yeah, so where where do you want to go headlines wise? I do want to touch on we can we can transition to some football before we talk. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers news is 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 been all over the place for the last week. It's kind of been beaten to the ground. We've got OBJ to cover uh, with him getting released by the Browns. Hasn't signed. Like, where do you want to go with this? Like, it's just been a wild week in the NFL with the games on the weekend with the news that's come out. It's just been nuts. I mean, like the Aaron Rodgers thing to me is just stupid it's pointless you get a guy like Colin Kaepernick who's out of the league for standing up for what he believes in which is truth truthful things but it's political and stuff Aaron Rodgers lies on to basically not actual questions like he had full reins of this interview both his interviews he's done in the last week lies about shit goes political about shit and what he's going to be back playing Sunday if he can get a pause or a negative test so I'm like, what the fuck is going on in the NFL? Like, and how is Aaron Rodgers getting fined more for lying to media, doing all this? This is going to be look like he looks like a terrible role model right now, and yet he gets fined less money than Ceedee Lamb for wearing an untucked jersey. I know that makes no sense. I will say, and we're not a political podcast by any means. He has the right to that opinion, like he has the right to not get vaccinated because. The NFL has protocols in place for players who don't want to get vaccinated. Unlike other leagues, like the NBA and, and because there's, you know, cross-border play and like there's states that don't allow it, um, there are like there are certain teams in certain leagues that you have to get vaccinated or you can't play in certain areas. Okay, that's the rules. In the NFL, um, you have to wear a mask on the sidelines. You have to wear a mask during interviews. They have extremely uh, different protocols for players that are not vaccinated. So if he didn't want to get vaccinated, which he didn't, he got immunized or whatever he says, he doesn't have to. And I fully respect his right not to. But then you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say, oh, I'm I'm not vaccinated, but I'm going to follow the unvaccinated protocols. Or sorry, the vaccinated protocols. You can't have both. So like my bigger issue is not that he has the opinion. You can agree or disagree. I'm not giving my opinion on his opinion because it doesn't no, matter. That's not what I'm saying. It's no, it's the like other things that he said on the vaccinations where he's saying it'll it, Im- it impacts all these things on your health, which there's zero backing to it. No. You can't just say all that with the, your platform when there's zero backing. I mean, to he it. can't. The fact that he's he can he can. It's his opinion, but like, don't be surprised when you know you get dropped by some sponsors who don't agree with your values. And I don't disagree. I do think that like. 
and, and he and he's come out multiple times and says, well, I'm going to stop talking about it because I'm not an activist. And I'm like, yeah, but you kind of already did. Like you already opened like that. That box has already been open. And then in terms of the fines and stuff, like it, it's a joke. I mean, the the. The, the Packers, and here's the crazy part, is the NFL is equally culpable to the Packers and to Aaron Rodgers. You can't tell me that the NFL didn't know. They 100% knew. No, they 100% said they did. They said they knew it. They said that when he went to them earlier in the year saying he was immunized, he, they said that it doesn't count. You're not vaccinated. Whatever your homeopathic treatment was not good enough. The NFL knew that and said that. So then why, why did he continue to break protocol? And like the only reason that he got exposed was because there was a COVID outbreak. That's it. He got COVID and they're like, oh shit. Now we're like, this is where I look at the, like, this is why it's so sketchy. And I'm not surprised that the fines are as less as they are because the NFL knows. Like they knew that this was going on and by knowing and not doing anything about it because it's Aaron Rodgers or whoever it is, like you're condoning this behavior. You're, but you're condoning the lies behind the whole thing, right? So you're, it's like, man, like get your head out of your ass. Like it's just one of the most ridiculous things to me when you have an organization who knows and the only reason that they find them is because they got caught. Like it's just, like that's a joke in my opinion. Like don't find him then. Like why bother finding him 14 grand and the Packers 300? Be like, oh yeah, well you didn't fall apart. You knew about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense, but that's the NFL. I mean, they'll find people for certain things, and it doesn't matter for other things. So that's just what it is. I don't know if there's really too much more to speculate on that matter. No. I mean, it's, it is it is what it is. Um, other news, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., released by the Browns after the saga uh, that he's had with them. Uh, according to some people, still a top 10 wide receiver in the league. We don't seem to think so. But this is as much news as Josh Reynolds being <laughs> waived. It is. Josh Reynolds' stats are actually better the last two seasons. Yeah. He he's been a better wide receiver. Like OBJ five years ago was an elite wide receiver. Since he's gone to the Browns, he's been okay, but nothing spectacular. He hasn't even been the best wide receiver on his own team. So we gotta stop putting him in that elite category, especially when he's a cancer in the room. Like even if he goes to somewhere like Green Bay here. You've seen Aaron Rodgers put guys in the doghouse. He's put his own family in the doghouse. He doesn't talk to his own family. OBJ asks for one too many passes or shakes his head or has a drop like I've seen him do this season. Bye, OBJ. He's not that elite to be making this big of a deal about it. Well, and like you look at the teams that are in on him. So Green Bay, they need more distractions, obviously. The Saints, who aren't even running with their number one quarterback right now. And, and OBJ wants to go to a contender. And then the other one's the Chiefs. Like, do the Chiefs, like, the Chiefs, I, I don't, with how tumultuous your season has been, do you really at this point want to throw in another guy who's, like, going to take time chemistry-wise and, like, th- can throw the rhythm in the room even off even more? Like, I get the Packers. Like, that's the one that makes the most sense to me because Aaron Rodgers has been asking for a wide receiver upgrade for a long, long time. And whether he's an upgrade or not, if they perceive that he is, like, that's the mo- that's the move they're going to make. The other two makes no sense to me, especially the Saints. Like, he wants to go to a contender. Like, I, the Saints, in my opinion, are not a contender. The Saints are a playoff team. 
I think they're going to make the playoffs. You look at Atlanta's in a playoff spot right now. Yeah, but... I know they just beat the Saints, but they're a better team. <laughs> Taysom Hill is a better quarterback than Simeon, and he's going to play probably next week. So their defense is going to get them by a lot of weeks. They seem to be these massive letdown spots, but they're still a contender. They're still going to probably make the playoffs. That's still a contending team. Playoffs and contenders are not the same. Like the Rams are contenders, or or are they? I actually don't have any idea. Like that's what anybody who makes the playoffs in a season like this, as we've seen, is a contender. Was Miami a contender two years ago? I don't really remember two. They years barely ago made much, it this... into the playoffs, and they got dusted in the have first round. Have you seen this season in the NFL? Yes. Anybody who makes the playoffs this season is a contender. I disagree. Because there's going to be teams that are going to make it in off of shitty divisions. Just like last year, like when Washington, What's a good division. Washington made Who's it, a good division. Washington made it last year, and I did not think they had a, a prayer to win the Super Bowl. Like the top team in the AFC right now is the Tennessee Titans. I'm, that has nothing to do with no. Division. I'm not they beat. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm not arguing that. I, no, I'm arguing most years. I last year, yeah, hundred percent. This year is so different, though. Like nobody's nobody has any idea who's good. Is but like isn't that just like like it's got to be an overreaction? Like the Bills losing, okay, and like let's get well, like we can get into our like we might as well get into our recap. We can kick it right off because like we're like dying to talk about it now. Like this is just naturally where the conversation is gone. Um, just so everybody knows, we are only doing one podcast this week. It's gonna be linked. We're gonna do our recap, then we're gonna do our picks, uh, time constraints and schedule stuff, and whatever the case is. We're gonna try to get back to our two, but we're just doing one this week. Uh, Cam, uh, let's do our recap. Uh, it was not a great week for us, uh, and we're just ready to we're just ready to sink our teeth and do it. Uh, we've been waiting for a few days for this. All right, let's start it off then, Burke. Okay, do it. So we got so Thursday night. We did good. Great start to the yeah. week. The Jets were going into the Colts there in Indianapolis. Ten and a half was a spread, 45-30 for the Colts. This was an easy game, really. The Jets are not good. And then Mike White left the game injured. So here's the best thing so far. So Josh Johnson has a 300-yard passing game. Mike White has a 300-yard passing game. Zach Wilson does not. Well, Zach Wilson's a bum. Right by like by by that by that definition. I mean, if Mike White has that, he's played two games and he's already more successful. I mean, pretty scary for the Jets. Not gonna lie. Yeah, when your protege guy is the only guy who's not thrown for three hundred yards, it's a little worrisome. You gotta give him the two Take treatment though. The... Treatment, sorry, two treatment though. He's still a rookie. So is Mike White though, and he's showing more <laughs> promise. It's not like Mike White's like a thirty-five-year-old veteran or something. No, that's true. That's true. Valid point. Yeah, the other two big things out of this game was Jonathan Taylor is just a beast. 172 yards, two touchdowns. And then Carson Wentz just actually played a really solid game. 272 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's not a Carson Wentz game. Usually there's a couple INTs thrown in there. So, I mean, the Colts defense didn't look great. They gave up 30, and you thought maybe that Josh Johnson was just going to keep plugging away in the end there and get a couple more points, but... uh, I think Indy still has a chance at that division. I mean, Tennessee keeps surprising us, but uh, Indy's solid. Um, I mean, Tennessee's won three big games in a row. So, I mean, we'll get to that. But, I mean, I don't – at what point do you call it a fluke? Like, it's kind of crazy, especially the last one that they just won without Derrick Henry. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, 
I, I will acknowledge that, you know, Jonathan Taylor, 100%, was a, was a monster. And, like, Carson Wentz has been sneaky good this year. And we like, it's no secret that we love to hate on Carson Wentz, and rightfully so. He gives us reasons to dislike him. He gives everybody reasons to dislike him. The picks that he throws, the decisions that he makes. But that being said, when you're fantasy-wise putting up 20-plus a week and you're guiding your team and actually at times looking like an elite quarterback like he used to. Like, keep in mind, when he was first, his first couple of years, everybody was all about Carson Wentz. Like, he led the Eagles, in a sense, to the Super Bowl and then got hurt. So, I mean, it's not like he's an av- like Like, Carson Wentz is better than Jared Goff, and I don't think that's a question. But, like, it just at times doesn't – like, we forget. We forget that he's good at times. But he's, his his volatility is just ridiculous. Yeah, I think we're good, good to move along to Sunday. First game we had on the slate was New England heading to Carolina. New England was three-and-a-half-point favorites. And, yeah, this, was, this wasn't much of a game. No. This was too obvious. Sam Darnold played, but that was probably worse than P.J. Walker. Mm, correct. Sam Darnold just looks horrible. And I, I love Sean Green's there from SGP's comment is, Sam Darnold's so bad, he's almost making Adam Gase, you question if Adam Gase is good. That's how bad Sam Darnold's playing That's this true, because Adam Gase is awful. Awful. But Sam Darnold is really also, bad. Also awful. Not playing this week with a no, scapula it is issue. Be, uh, it is going to be the XFL MVP PJ Walker this week, which... Might give them a better chance. I think that's almost better for them. Well, we'll get into that in the picks, but yeah, like it's it's, yeah. I mean, for us again, this not, was easy. Not not to dwell yet. Don't dwell on it too much. For us, we were both on the Pats, I believe. So, um, it was just one of those spots where we're like, yeah. And I mean, Carolina, by the way, as well. Like this this talk about how their defense, it, like, no, I, I I just don't buy it. I still don't buy that this Patriots offense is that good. I I don't. I just, but like for whatever reason, their offense wasn't good. They put up twenty four points, I, but that was only because Sam Darnold put them in perfect spots. Well, this, this is, Carolina defense is good, but but are they? Because yeah. they still got twenty four points scored on by a not good offense by that logic, right? Like this is what I'm saying is that, is that wasn't twenty four points though. Like there was a pick six in there and a couple other things that were the pick six. I can't blame like, on them. No, and then like you're put in the red zone because of Sam Darnold interceptions. Like that's also an issue. So. Like it was probably giving up like ten points, which anybody okay, can ten points 10 is points. not bad. But yeah, you're right. You put Sam Darnold in that spot. I don't know. It, it's it's all gone downhill very quickly for the for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, right. it, it has. Their defense is showing some promises. They should have a lot of the offensive firepower to put up good games. Their offensive line sucks, and their quarterback sucks. I was kind of before the year thinking Sam Darnold maybe he's better. Again, the Adam Gase effect. He's not. Incorrect. It wasn't just Inc- Adam Gase. Incorrect. It's, yeah, no. no, and I'll, I'll take that one. Yeah. Moving along, we had one of the big surprises here. We had Buffalo heading to Jacksonville. Just what we thought. 14 and a half point spread. And not only did they barely combine the total for the spread, Jacksonville covers and wins 9 to 6. <laughs> it's not even a laughing matter, but it kind of is. My we- biggest. No, my, my biggest takeaway was here, all you Bills fans who got on us for losing to Jacksonville, we weren't the AFC favorites yeah, when we lost to Jacksonville. Yeah, suck it, Bills fans. You were the AFC favorites, and you couldn't put up a touchdown against Jacksonville. And Super Bowl your favorites. MVP, your MVP favorite couldn't put a touchdown up on Jacksonville. Are the Bills Josh Allen hasn't, bad? 
I don't really know. But this this game <laughs> did have one of my favorite one of my favorite stats yeah, 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 yeah. of all time. Josh Allen intercepted. Josh Allen. Josh Allen sacked. Josh Allen. Josh Allen recovered a fumble from Josh Allen. It was wild. I loved it. It was wild. It was, it was awesome. Watching the I, clip I was like so. Stats. Could you imagine if you were blind and like didn't know the teams, like didn't know anybody, and you're like Josh Allen throws it to Josh. They'd be like you'd be so confused, and you had no idea what was going on. You'd be like, why is he? How do you throw an interception to yourself? Um, yeah, again, like this is one of those ones where like you look at our overall record last week, and again we, you know, didn't do well, but like this is one where. You know, if you would have told me, okay, the Jags are going to lose by 10, right? Like the Bills had a bad game. They won by 10. That would not have surprised me. It wouldn't have shocked me if the Bills didn't cover 14 and a half. That's a huge number. It shocked me that they lost. That's that's the thing. Like not only because I think if they would have, like honestly, if you simmed this multiple times, I think they win by 14 and a half more often than not. But in this scenario, not only did they not cover, they lost outright. Like the money line on this game was insane. It was it was like plus eight hundred for the like it was ridiculous. Like it just anyway. Back to back weeks where Josh Allen has not looked good at all. He didn't look good against the Dolphins. I know he got some garbage time touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, but overall in that game, if you watched it, it was ugly. He was not good. Well, we'll have to see if he bounces back next week, but. I'm starting yep. to sell a little bit of my bill stock. That's for sure. Yep. Moving along, Atlanta Falcons heading to New Orleans. New Orleans was favored by six and a half, and Atlanta wins 27-25. This shouldn't shock us as much as it did. New Orleans, after big wins so far this year over Green Bay and Bucks, let down huge the next week. And I think you just got to fade them hard off letdown spots. Every they beat week? the Bucks two weeks ago. Huge win. Yeah. Sean yep. Payton owns Tom Brady over his career. Like, that's just a fact. Letdown spot with backup quarterback, all this situation. Should have saw, seen it more. This Atlanta team seems to sneak out close wins, and I still don't think they're very good, but they're managing. <laughs> Atlanta sneaking, sneaking out close wins. You're a funny guy. Uh, they almost had landed it. They were up big, oh, yeah. and they, the Saints they, they came did. back. They almost had landed it again. Like, our buddy who's the Falcons fan was, like, shitting his pants the whole time. Like, man, I don't know what it is with this team in big leads. It was, like, 24 to 6 or something, and I was like, man, is this a good time to put down Saints money line? Because you just know. They ended up sneaking out a lot, like, a field goal to win it. But, man, tell you what. Um, again, one of these games where, like, we were – Every other week with Jameis Winston, perhaps we should change our strategy to every other week with the Saints in general. Yeah, it just looks that way. Like they can beat up on a couple of the lower teams, but when they're playing, I don't even. Atlanta's not a good team. They're not. Like just, I think you really, you really got to fade the Saints in letdown spots. When you think it's it's a a bit of a letdown spot, I think uh, you just have to fade them. Division game. It it is. You should get up for that spot. No, but they just beat the Bucks. They just beat the Super Bowl champions, who was a division game. It's a letdown spot. I know you should be able to get up, but it's a, the Falcons. The Falcons are not good. I know they're four and four and in a playoff spot, but they're not good. They're not. I don't know the how they. Oh, you're calling this is it. Actually, you're calling yeah, it now. Yeah. No, I will guarantee they don't make the playoffs. This is actually probably worst case scenario for them. They're gonna miss the playoffs just barely, hurt their draft position, not get a lot a of improvements like they really need. Yeah, quarterback. I should Matt Ryan look good this week, shockingly, but. God. 
it's just, it's just a mess. I don't think they're good enough, and I think they're putting themselves in a bad position, honestly. Oh, I mean, that's not that, – that's just classic Atlanta. You always put yourself in a bad position, and then you, you know, eat shit later because fuck them. Anyway, next game. Moving along, we had the Raiders heading to the New York football Giants. Raiders were favored by three, and they didn't pull it off. 23-16, Giants. Again, we didn't really know how to read into this game at all, what it could be. There was too much going on. I'm really, I'm willing to write this as a write-off just based on everything that's happening. The Raiders have more things happening with their team overall. I don't know if they're great. They're going to be one of those fringe playoff teams for me. The Giants aren't that good, but they pick up the win here. But I'm not. Giants are adding wins though. They're adding some wins. They're three and they're three and six. Like they're they're picking up some some wins where in spots like like the spots they should win they don't. Like they lost to Atlanta. Like you should probably win that game. And then they're beating teams like that. I mean, the Raiders are going to be a 500 team like they always are. That's just how it goes. But, um, yeah, really hard to handicap this one, especially with all the news and, like, like the rug shit and, and the Arnett shit and whatever. Like, like, it's all just a disaster. I mean, Vegas is just going to have a rough rest of the year. They'll probably finish pretty well. Maybe a game plus or minus a 500. Um Again, I, I'm not buying giant stock, though. I'll tell you that for free. Like, I, I do not believe in this Giants team, but they are, you know, when they have their opportunity, they are, you know, they're striking a little bit. So, I don't know. I just, if there's a really big spread, maybe maybe you take the Giants now. That's the only thing I can say about this is that maybe they're convincing me that if their offense and, and Danny Dimes and, um, you know, if Saquon comes back or whatever the case is, Booker looked really good. Um, you know, maybe you could take a big number, but for me, it's they're still kind of a fatum team. Yeah. So moving right along, we had Minnesota heading to Baltimore. Baltimore was favored by six here, and Baltimore pulls it off, thirty-four, thirty-one in overtime. This is just what the Vikings do. They lose close football games consistently. Lose close football games. And, Second I mean, half is also. I was just going to say that you have Lamar in fantasy and you're like first half. You're like, why did I draft this guy so high? He does nothing. He's sitting at like six, eight points out of the game. He's at 33. Yeah. Like, okay, that's why I like but, literally, uh, yeah. I, I don't even, I don't even look at my, like I, cause you have Lamar in one league. I have Lamar in one league. I don't even look at his stats until the second half. Cause it doesn't matter. Like consistently he's had six, seven, eight points in the first half. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Don't worry. Second half Lamar's coming. And sure enough, there he goes. And like this guy's his passing numbers are actually intense, eh? Like he's yeah, he's be, getting some yards. Yeah, it it'll be interesting too, because Lamar's been somewhat vocal on social media that he wouldn't mind OBJ. It sounds like they're buddies. It would give them something underneath. I still don't think it's good because Bateman's looked really good. You still got Hollywood Brown. Mark Andrews is still a threat. But Baltimore's interesting. They lost their safety now, so they're down another defender. Their injuries just keep piling up for them. We'll see if they can hold on. But honestly, like right now, I look at the AFC here, and Baltimore's might be my AFC favorite. If they can figure out their running back uh, carousel. Where they have five guys that are like, you have Lamar. You don't need a running back. I mean, true, but you kind of still do. But I don't know. He's, Lamar is seventh in the league in rushing right now. They just need to pick their defense up. Which is Lamar a, has yeah, more rushing seven, combined yeah. than the. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous everything he does. Their defense, 
it's hurting. They've got huge production from Owe, the rookie. He's been unbelievable for them. But yeah, like right now, for me, I know he's like seventh in odds. Lamar's my favorite for the MVP right now. And Baltimore might be my AFC favorite right now. They look really good and they're scrapping out a lot of tight wins. Like the Vikings are a decent team. The Vikings aren't horrible. They lose a lot of close games, but it was good for Baltimore to pick up this win. Could you imagine if the Vikings, like, let's just say they had won like two, like how many close games have they had? Four and they've won uh, one. It feels like one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like they win any close. I think games. they won one, right? So add three more wins and they're six and two. Like they're a three and five team that could be six and two. If they, cl- yeah. and, and like most, some of those games too, like they were like the one game they, you know, they were up and they fumbled. To send it to, you know what I mean? Like, there's some games here where you're like, you're one mistake here, one mistake there, and and you know, like, and like the, the Vikings had the had the ball in overtime. It's not like the 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 Ravens marched down the field, scored a touchdown, won the game. No, the, the they had a chance to win. The Ravens had the ball first, failed, and the Vikings had a chance to win and didn't couldn't get it done. Yeah, and so it's interesting. Vikings are still okay, but these Ravens, I think, are turning up to be much better than we thought. Moving along, we had Cleveland heading to Cincinnati. Cincinnati favored by two and a half. And here's my biggest OBJ take. Cleveland Browns are way better. Baker Mayfield is way better without OBJ there. And through game one, 41-16 over the Bengals, they crushed them. It wasn't much of a football game. The Browns went up big early and just held on and... Again, I think the distraction, you take a cancer like that out of the room and it's going to help. And I was all over the Browns this week. I loved it. And they showed up big. Are the Bengals fakers? Yes. Because they have one of the easiest strengths (laughs) schedule to start the year. And it gets much tougher in a hurry. Like they, like. The defense isn't as good as it was to start the year. That's the biggest thing. The defense isn't as good as it seemed. I think Burrow is still playing well. But I look at the whole thing and I'm like, man, like they've lost game, two games in a row, they've lost by. A good amount of points and teams that like they were fate like favored and or close in both of those games and they end up losing. So I mean, all the money this week was on the Bengals. So I mean, Vegas loved the Browns. They're sending them a couple bottles of champagne, no doubt. They've given up seventy five points the last two weeks to New York Jets. Jets aren't good. Cleveland Browns are good. I still like them, and so the Cleveland Browns won this game pretty handily. So I mean, not too much to read in there. Cincy, I think, is way more fraudulent than they appeared. Two weeks ago, they were first in the AFC. Now they're last in their own division. So it's more fraudulent. How... The Bengals are, are in our fantasy, in the over six fantasy football league, my team. Who's the bigger fraud? Uh, might be your team. This is what? <laughs> two, two, two of your wins now this year? You've been the second lowest scorer? Hey, nobody asks. That's impressive. Nobody, nobody asks how, just how many. That's Moving it. along to another kind of surprise we had this year. We had Denver heading to Dallas. Oof. This was not a football game. Not a football game at all. Dallas was favored by 10. They put up 16 in garbage time, but this was all Denver. 30-16. to 16. Dallas didn't cover. Wasn't going to happen all year. No. They were going to have a letdown. Yep. The yep. only question mark here now is, does Dallas have a quarterback controversy? Dak Prescott looked horrible. Looked absolutely no, they, horrible. And they Cooper don't. Rush looked good the week before. Does Jerry Jones okay. still own the yeah, team? Probably own, not. Does Jerry Jones still own the team? Yes. The Derek Prescott's yes. the, the man. 
doesn't matter. I mean, he ha- how long did Jerry Jones hold on to Jason Garrett? And it was like three years that Jason Garrett was trash. Like this guy, I'll well, give him that trash. he's loyal. Ask I'll, give him, <laughs> I'll give him that he's loyal. He's a loyal owner, but sometimes that can hurt you. Hey, right? like even look at um, like the Falcons when they had Dan Quinn, man, like they held on to Dan Quinn forever. Cause he was their guy, brought them to the Super Bowl. He'd been trash the last couple of years. Couldn't let him go. Couldn't let him go. And probably let him go too late. And you know, Dak Prescott, again, I'm not, I'm not freaking out no, over this I, I'm game. I'm not. <laughs> No, this was a big game. Like, it seemed like Vaughn Miller, how good of a leader and everything he is. Like, there were some issues with the younger guys in the room. And Denver played up for this game. They came out big. And props to them again. What does Teddy Bridgewater do on the road? Cover. He covers. Yep. He just covers on the road. And he did it here. And they won outright. So, that was a big win for Denver. Dallas. I mean, I don't really know if you'll read too much into that game for them. Yeah, just a write-off. You're 6-2 and two after that. You're not going to win... 14 games this year so chalk it up as a bad one and just come out firing this week moving along to the last 1 p.m game we had houston heading to miami miami favored by five and a half this was a horrible football game nine total turnovers tyrod looked horrible we already know jacoby Brissett's no good yeah i mean i honestly i didn't watch a second of this football game I was on the golf. I, watched, I was on the golf course. I watched all of it. I was on the golf I course. All of it. Well, give me give, give me all your takes here, then, because like I, I'm on the golf course. I, I legit didn't watch a second of it. I mean, Miami got the win, which you know is good. I want them to win some games, not a ton, but like some games is good. But yeah, my biggest takeaway is Javon Holland is really good. Uh, Brian Flores was doing a lot of his scheming that he does on defense, where guys were jumping around doing stuff, and it confused Tyrod Taylor, which was nice to see. Maybe healthy, they are better than they had been for weeks there when they were getting lit up. Now that Howard and Jones are both back, maybe they are a little better than they are. Jacoby Brissett's just horrible. He's not one bit good. If Tua's in this game, I know Tua has some bad turnovers and stuff this year, but this is like a 30-9 to game. It's it's not close because Tua's shown that he can at least drive the ball down occasionally. Brissett can't do any of that. So, I mean... Overall, for Miami, it was okay. They need to get wins because they don't own their own draft pick, and I don't want to see Philly get a really high draft pick. No, so thanks. They got they got the job done with what they needed to, but we really need Tua back. Jalen Waddle again, his route running, everything about him, he's a stud. So, Although two years ago the draft looked horrible for Miami, this past year looked really good. You got a guy like Javon Holland. You got a guy like Jalen Waddle. Quite happy with those two acquisitions moving forward. Bottom line, you take the dub, you move on. I mean, that's a game you got to win. Um, it, it, it probably wasn't the game script that we were thinking necessarily, um, especially with Tua, you know, being out. Uh, but a win's a win's a win. Uh, when you're probably not going to get more than four or five wins this year, you'll, uh, you'll take anything you can get. Yep. Moving along to the afternoon slate, we had the LA Chargers heading to Philly. We both thought this line was way off at one and a half. It was close. 27-24 LA. They pull out the win here. Just another really weird game. There was a lot of these this week, which just kind of felt odd. Justin Herbert threw for 360 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts still can't throw the ball. He can run it. The ghost of Jordan Howard coming out big with 71 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Just one of these guys. You got Mark Ingram in the Saints, who just looks right in that uniform. Jordan Howard looks right in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. Just something about it. Definitely not as good as they used to be, but they're getting the job done here somewhat but uh again i don't know what to read into this game keenan allen was huge this game 
getting back to what everyone expected with Keenan Allen. I would say that I think for me, this throws up another red flag for the chargers, to be honest. Um, I mean, the, the Philly, this Philly team is not the worst defensively ever. I don't offensively. I don't think they're very good. Uh, but defensively, like they, they, you know, they've put up an effort, no doubt. Like they, they're not the worst team yeah, in the they're NFL. Fine defensively. You still yeah. Have, like you still have Slay. Who's unbelievable. You, and you got Fletcher Cox. You have a couple really good. Yeah. Defenders. Like you've got some pieces. And I just look at this as like the, this highly touted chargers team, this offense where like earlier in the year, they were dusting people. And now this is like the third or fourth week in a, like at th- like third or fourth game in a row where they just have not had the same potency as they had earlier in the season. And I don't like, I don't know if it's just, you know, that you're getting pressure on, like, are you getting pressure on Herbert or what? I don't know what it is. The biggest issue is the time. The other teams can just run all over the chargers. They're the worst team against the run. So what happens when a team runs against you a ton? The clock gets a lot shorter. The game gets a lot shorter which is probably not good for your high-octane offense if they're never on the field. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway with the Chargers the last few weeks. Well, we'll have to see, like, if they could continue that. Um, I don't know. I don't know from a playoff perspective. And they're like, I don't know. Like, this is, again, this is one of those things where I would love to be able to, again, tout and say, we know exactly what's going to happen. But, like, there's so many inconsistencies here where, like, the Chiefs and the Chargers, like they're just teams that should be good and just have not performed at all. Who's winning that division? Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, or Chargers? I don't even. I have I, no I, idea. Still, is it is it time to like? Is there still time to put a little bit of cash, sprinkle a little on the Broncos? Because who the hell knows? Like, <laughs> yeah. Moving along, we had Arizona heading to San Fran. San Fran was favored by two here by the time we picked. No hop, no Kyler, no problem for the Cardinals. 31-17. This is where the, the Cardinals Potter are. Show. Yeah, this is where the Cardinals, I feel, are d- deeper than people think. Right? Like like an over no. an overreaction to the yeah. you know, like an overreaction to the previous week or whatever when they had, you know, they lost that game and they were like when they you know, they the Kyler got hurt, they didn't perform very well, they didn't get the dub. And people are like, oh, I don't know about this. But then you lose, like you've got your two top offensive pieces out and you're still finding ways to win. That's to me is a mark of a good team. To me, this is more of a shot on 49ers are just as bad as we thought they were. Well, that makes me feel good. Like like the Cardinals, Cardinals here, like missing their quarterback, missing both their top wide receivers, their top running back goes out in the game. They get the job done. Like San Fran, you're just not very good in this tough division. If you can't get the job done there, you're not going to get the job done. And the worst part is, is if you look at the last two weeks of fantasy, do you know who the number one quarterback combined for the last two weeks is? Uh, who? Jimmy G. He has the most fantasy points by a quarterback the last two weeks combined. Woof. You have like Lamar. Lamar was on a bye for one of those. So you have all that mix mash as well. But that's not good, especially when you can't win games <laughs> when a team is missing everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah, starting Jimmy G friend, ever, but. The Cardinals kind of stay where I think they should be, like way up from preseason rankings and still one of the best teams in the league. To me, this just moves San Fran way closer to the bottom, which is good if you're a Dolphins fan. That is true. We like that. Moving along, the last 4 p.m. game, we had Green Bay heading to KC. KC favored by 7.5, and and they won by 6, 13-7. Kansas City doesn't cover, and their offense – Bad. Were we were we on the were we on KC to cover? 
We were. Why do we do this to ourselves? They, there's zero way they shouldn't have covered this game. Did you? I don't know if you watched any of this with your golf. No. Jordan Love is horrible. Like, if you put Jordan Love in this rookie quarterback conversation, he is a worse than all of them. <laughs> he is terrible. Like, he could not... Like, Devontae Adams kept having one-on-one man coverage against him, and Jordan Love couldn't throw him the ball. Like, Devontae Adams, one-on-one, you just throw the ball up. Just do yeah. it. He's going to come down with it, and Jordan Love still couldn't throw it anywhere near him. He's terrible. Like, when you hear all this stuff about the draft and Aaron Rodgers being like, I'm worried about my job security with this guy coming in. No, with this guy coming in, your job is plenty secure. He is not any good. <laughs> and like, the Chiefs... This helps your job security. Man, and the This chi- is like... Sorry, the Chiefs. This just reminds me of this. Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. The Chiefs are the 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 Chiefs again are, sh- are like showing weakness where they win. But like, look at from a fantasy perspective, one of me the week. You know, Mahomes is just awful. Ten points, Tyreek Hill, barely any points. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on in this team. But like, man, they're just like, look at it from this perspective. If you you're you're playing a Packers team whose defense is not that good. And they've been exposed in recent, like this year, multiple times. But their offense can sometimes get it going. And then Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, whatever. But man, like you've got Jordan Love on the other side and you can't cover a seven and a half point spread. Like good fucking luck the rest of the year against an actually good team. Yeah, again, I don't really know what to think about these Chiefs anymore. I think they're somehow going to win this division with how messy it is this year. Although they shouldn't. I, I just I just see them getting a job done here, and I don't know why, but they're just finding ways to win games ugly, and Chargers aren't that good, Raiders aren't that good, Broncos aren't that good, Chiefs aren't good, but they've been there and done that, and I think they have a better chance at figuring it out based on their reputation and what they've done than any of these other teams do, but most weeks I'm not going to trust these Chiefs. So, I mean, we definitely can't pick them to cover, though, because they keep not covering, and we keep doing it to ourselves. Like, it's just ridiculous. We get, like, wound into it. Like, they keep the line close enough. We're like, oh, we definitely think they can cover that. And then they don't. We keep going against our Cardinal rule. Yeah. So, uh, we'll move along to Sunday Night Football. We had the Tennessee Titans heading to the Rams. Rams favored by 7.5. Tennessee wins this pretty handily, 28-16. An embarrassing effort. Embarrassing effort by the L.A. Rams. So big news here is Stafford was clearly injured. He didn't practice most of the week. They didn't really want to say much about it. They said he'll play. Don't worry about it. He didn't look very solid. He looked like something's nagging him and bothering him quite a bit. we got to start giving these Tennessee Titans credit, though. Like yep. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. They beat the Rams. They beat the Colts. Like If you're doing college football rankings here, they're the number one team. Like They're number one on everything because of the teams they beat and what they've done. And even without Derrick Henry, I mean, Ryan Tannehill actually might be good. It pains me to say it, but he might be. He, he might be. Um, I mean, I do like from this team how they are able to pick up the slack. And, like, this is something we talked to SGP about. It was like, are you buying or are you selling the Titans? And they're, and was it Sean that was saying that he's buying the Titans? Uh, and so. he's right. And he's right. Like, I mean, like, I mean, it's still early on, but, like, that game, like, they definitely picked up the slack of, of Derrick Henry. And maybe it maybe it helped their mojo a little bit. Maybe they were inspired by the whole thing. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, like, as you said, they, they have quality wins against quality teams. And, you know, you can only say that it's a coincidence for so long. 
right? You, you can't, you can't say, Oh, they got lucky. Oh, it was a bounce here. Is it? No, like you, you've, you have four quality wins against four teams that have quality pieces. Like you're not just beating up on the, the Jags, Falcons, uh, Dolphins, Texans. Like you're beating the, the quote unquote, the best teams in the NFL. And especially the Rams where the Rams have basically gone all in this year and you take them down like that. And it was our double lock, and I, I'm still disappointed. I, I was Stafford injured or not, I still think it was a piss poor effort by that defense as well. I, they just they just could not get it going. And man, I don't know. Like it just uh, overall extremely disappointing way to end Sunday. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean Von Miller didn't play this week. It sounds like he'll play this coming week. So that's a big person to add to this team. And I mean, I'm not really sure I'm going to move the Rams down too much just based on the way Stafford looked, but I just got, got to give Tennessee credit and they got to move way up in my rankings now. And I mean, Tennessee Titans are just a good football team. It pains us to say, but it's true. Last game of the week, Monday night football. We had the Chicago bears heading to the Steelers. Steelers were favored by six and a half. Looked like they'd be fine for most of the game, but it finishes 29, seven. Uh, this was Justin Fields coming out party in the second half. He actually was PFF's top graded quarterback this week. Blech. First half, first half he looked horrible, but second Gross. half I guess he turned it on. If I'm being honest, I went to bed at halftime. So I watched, I, I watched, I watched most of the second half. Man, I'm telling you right now that the that first of all, I mean Ben Roethlisberger's awful. I mean that's not yes. surprising. We've talked about this all year. He's terrible, and like it's not like the. <laughs> The Bears were trying to give the game away. We're trying. The, the the refereeing was abominable. It was terrible. There was taunting calls on that. There was taunt. There's their hip check ref. Like there's this all this crap that happened in this game, um, and it was all coming up Steelers. And the Steelers still tried to give it away. Like neither team wanted to win this game. Oh yeah, and the MVP I, of the game for the Steelers is the referee. There's no doubt in mind, no question. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and again, like, I personally think the Steelers should have covered this game with three minutes left. They're up ten points, or uh, five minutes left. They're up ten points, and they and they blew it. Like, I just, I, I, the, the the swings in this game and and what happened. I was like, oh my, like this is a was a huge survivor pool game. Like, I know for you, you had the Steelers in a survivor pool. Um, my wife's work friend who I make picks picks for, uh, you know, there's two left and the other guy took the Cowboys. So she wins this game and she wins the survivor pool and I'm watching it. And she's like freaking out. I'm like, no, no, it's all good. We're up 10. And, and then it like, it all unravels. I'm like, oh my God, like what is happening in this game? Like this should have been locked up so long ago. Um, it's gotta be the end of the road for big Ben, the Steelers defense as well. I know they've been decent all year and they've been, you know, and you've talked about it too. You, you've touted the, the Steelers defense and I, I agree with you too. This game though, for whatever reason, like the last touchdown by Justin Fields in the fourth quarter, like that's a touchdown that cannot happen, right? Uh, wide open guy, left side of the end zone, Justin Fields rolls out. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, like he's not that good. And he was awful in the first half and you neutralized them. And all of a sudden you went to sleep and, yeah, man, it was way too much of a sweat for the money line and just the spread was, was a disaster. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was disappointing. This is like one of four games where you look at our records and I'm like, okay, five and whatever it was, five and nine or five and eight, whatever it was. Um, and I'm like, man, I could have been fucking nine and you know, the opposite. I could have been nine and four, nine and five. And just the teams that you think are going to, 
put it together and should cover these spreads and cover them easily just absolutely shit the bed and leave us hanging. Great week for the books, I would believe. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to give too much credit at six and a half for the Steelers, though. That's a lot of points for Big Ben to cover, and we kind of said that going into it, so it doesn't shock me they didn't do it. Yeah, as you saw this week, the public got hammered, which was good for the books. The Sharps won a bunch of money. A lot of big play Sharp sharp games, like a lot of Sharps had Tennessee over the Rams, which came out big. A lot of money line plays on that. Some of those games, Falcons over Saints, that was a big money line play for the Sharps. So there's some of that you saw this week. Denver was another big one. A lot of money came in on them covering, which makes sense. 10 points for a decent defense is a lot of points, so... Yeah, kind of an interesting week, but definitely one the books were happy to see. Not the rest of us. And we had one more game on Monday night. That was the Monday nighter. No, was it Sunday night? No, that was the Monday nighter. Steelers, Bears. I thought that was Sunday night. No, that was Monday night. Sunday night was the Titans. Are we sure? Yes. I didn't golf on Sunday, on, on Monday. No. What? Okay. Anyway, confusion. Confusion. I golfed on Sunday and I definitely watched the Steelers play the Bears on Sunday night football, but it was Monday night. <laughs> the daylight savings time just screwing with you completely. It might be. It might be. I mean, I swear to God that it was uh maybe it was well, I guess no, you're right. You're <laughs> it's right. You're a right. Fact. No, it no, 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 no. I remember. I played hockey Monday night. That's what screwed me up. Hockey was Monday night. I went to a bar and I watched the game. Okay, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Moving along. So we were both one for two on the locks. The Rams <laughs> killed us both which is fine 50 percent is above what we've been all year so that improves the lock percentage yeah okay barely moving yes. in, moving into the week i was six and eight you were five and nine overall 45 percent for myself for you 47 18 percent for locks for myself 37 for you so those did move up Okay, so that's good so after two disastrous weeks so three weeks ago we were unreal uh, the last two weeks have been rough. It's a bounce back week. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Like we've been calling for this bounce back week, uh, just like a stock. We're calling for a bounce off the bottom, uh, and we're gonna need it here. Do you want to get into our uh, our NFL picks, Cam? Yeah. Well, we're officially halfway through the season, so I just want to touch on that a little bit. With the extra game this season, we're done nine weeks. There's 18 weeks this year. We are slightly below where we'd like to be. You want to be above 50%, 55-60%. First time every game against the spread, though, we're sitting both 45%-ish, give or take two there, each way. Not horrible. Not no, horrible at all. Not bad. Could be better, though. Yes. And now we have Could the be. second half of the season to improve. So I do just want to touch, I know we touched on the guys, what their thoughts were on the biggest shockers so far this year. What is your biggest shocker so far this season, Zach? Ooh, I mean, honestly, uh, my biggest surprise this year is how bad Miami is. I mean, it's a bit of a homer take, but I, I just, you know, I, I was having conversations where I thought six wins was the floor. I was like, six wins was the floor, 11, 12 wins was the ceiling. I, I really, really thought that this was going to be year we take a step forward. Um, and I know that you've got some two injuries issues, and maybe it all rides and dies with two. I just don't think so. I think um, that we talked about the regression of the defense, and, and that definitely has been, uh, you know, factual. Uh, but I, I really thought last year, like, the steps we made, we barely missed the playoffs. We were right there with some really good teams. And we added some really good pieces and we didn't really lose anybody. So 
and we, you know, Fuller was going to play for us and we were going to get Parker back uh, from injury and, you know, the defense is going to play. And, and then fast forward to this year and you're like, man, like none of that came true. You know, Fuller's hurt. Parker's hurt again. I mean, this guy needs to all get off his team. Like for how talented of a guy he is, he can't stay healthy no matter what. And Tua can't stay healthy. Like it's just been a disaster. Um, and you can blame, you know, you can blame that on injury. You can blame it on whatever you want. But to be halfway through the season and having two wins to me is just absolutely gut wrenching and shocking. Like I just is it the most shocking thing in the NFL? Probably not. But to me, is it shocking? Absolutely. With how much I thought that they would improve. Yeah, like me personally, it's not that shocking given all the injuries. Jones, Howard missed a bunch of games already. To a Parker. Uh, Fuller, Williams, like everybody's missing games everywhere for this team. Their O-line has been a mess with injuries, rookies not performing. Like there's been so much. So it's not really shocking to me where they are. I mean, they should have beat the Jags. So I think they probably should have a third win, but they're definitely below where I thought they'd be. But injuries are a huge part to that. To me, kind of the most shocking thing is now the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I think the easy way out, easy cop out is the Chiefs. But uh, the Tennessee Titans, like, the thing I couldn't get over watching Sunday Night Football this week was how good their D was. Their D just looked really good all game, and I didn't expect that from the Titans. Their offense can put up points. You have A.J. Brown. You have uh, older, not really good-looking Julio anymore. And you had Henry for the first half of the year. So, to me, it's the Titans getting the job done. Ryan Tannehill running touchdowns. He seems to like doing that. So, Titans being this impressive is kind of shocking to me. What's the least shocking thing for you then? I think just kind of Tampa Bay doing what they're doing. Kind of, they're still kind of up there. They've lost a couple of games. They don't beat the Saints in the regular season. They just don't. Tom Brady, Sean Payton, bad matchup. They just kind of look like what we thought they would. Getting the job done. You didn't think they were going to only lose one game. So you kind of thought they'd lose three or four and really just prep for the playoffs. So to me, it's just Tampa Bay just doing what they're doing. I think the least shocking thing for me, um, frankly, is I think Lamar's performance this year, as much as he's been bad in first halves, I think his overall performance, especially throwing the football, he kind of got blasted last year for being a running quarterback only and not throwing the ball. And there's a lot of there, there was indicators that was like, yeah, this guy can throw the ball. And this year, he's proving that he can throw the ball. To me, this is something that you would have seen. If you would have watched Lamar as a quarterback, and, and again, guys are talking about how he's not a not a QB1, he's RB1, Jackson, whatever he is. To me, Lamar Jackson putting up the numbers that he is this year is the least shocking thing. He's a he's an excellent, excellent quarterback. Um, he just like he has this ability to just absolutely turn a game uh, on its side. His team's down by 14 points going in half, and he puts the team on his back. To me, not shocking. Did it all last year. I remember playing against him in fantasy last year and hating playing against them because he gives you this false hope and takes it away, uh, and he's just continuing this stretch. I would not be surprised if he got an MVP consideration um, considering what his numbers are. If he can drag them to the playoffs and beyond, he's he's definitely going to get votes. Could be in the conversation depending how Kyler and the, and the Cardinals do. Um, and, and some other factors, but to me, um, not shocked at all that Lamar Jackson has been this good. Um, now you could say, am I shocked that this offense and like the receivers and the defense have been like their, their success has been shocking. Maybe how successful they've been, but for Lamar Jackson and how he's played, that's not shocking to me at all. Yeah. So are you ready to make some picks this week, Burke? I am, but I got one more thing. 
I want to talk about, I know, we always say one more thing. Let's talk about Texans and the Jags, shall we? Because we've had heated discussions at the start of the year about uh, about the Texans and the Jags and who's going to finish higher and who which team is better. And you could say, well, Tyrod's out, whatever the case is. But how many wins do the Jags have? They have two. How many wins Miami and Buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) How many wins does the Texans have? They only have one, but they play the Jags once more. So they can sweep the Jags. So are you, are are you, the question is, are you worried about your take? Yeah, a little bit, clearly, because I didn't see the Jags beating Miami or Buffalo. (laughs) You can't sit here and tell me that you saw that happening. So (laughs) no, but I thought the Jags would win other games. Yeah, you thought they beat the Texans. Which yes, didn't. That they, that's true. So the Texans' only win is against the team that you thought was going to be worse. So I don't yes. know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, I, uh, to me, like of all the storylines that I'm watching, like, you know, teams that aren't my team, if teams are doing well, teams do whatever, I don't really care. This is one that I've got circled where I'm like, man, I kind of am rooting for the Jags a little bit just to <laughs> just – just to be like, yeah, you suck, Cam. You stupid fucking Texans. Pieces of shit. Tyrod Taylor bullshit. But uh, I don't know. Trevor Lawrence. See how he plays this week. Kind of got hurt last week, eh? So maybe. Yeah, he's questionable uh, this week. So we'll I see know. how uh, hurt Trevor uh, Lawrence can play. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's get into it. Um, it's, uh, it's the over six NFL picks. Week number nine? Ten. Week number ten. ten. Sorry, I'm bad math. Bad math. Week number ten. Oh my gosh, this is just crazy. Um, man, we are getting into the downward stretch here. Uh, it's always terrible when it's halfway through the halfway through the uh, season plus more because we only have uh, a couple weeks left on uh, a couple weeks left. It's in like you know eight more, but still, it's we're on the bottom half. We're like on hole number twelve on golf, hole number eleven on golf. We're kind of seeing the end come near. Um, but we got a chance. We got a chance to turn it around here. Let's uh, let's get into the picks. Let's have a good week, and we'll start off Thursday night with the Baltimore Ravens and our Miami Dolphins. So the Ravens are heading south to South Beach. Ravens are favored by seven and a half here. Still not sure who the quarterback is for Miami. Their Brian Flores isn't giving up too much here. Big thing here is Baltimore, what do they like doing? Giving up a ton of points early, coming back. Miami actually scores a bunch early. So it's kind of into each other's favor here. And then Miami gives up a bunch late in the game. So we'll see how that plays out. If Miami has any chance, they got to score early and often. And hopefully two is playing because that's the only chance they haven't been covering yet winning. Um, no, hundred percent. Totally. And like, again, disclaimer on this, like we, I don't like, we, we don't change our picks. There's peaks picks last week that we might've changed, um, you know, based upon some information that we found out late, but like this game, I look at it and I would say, um, yeah, you're paying on. I mean, the Ravens like to go down early. They come back. Uh, Miami's defense put up a pretty good effort against the Ravens last week. I think the Ravens defense is definitely going to have a bounce back of sorts. I don't think they've been good enough. Um, I think that they're going to get a couple interceptions on two. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but seven and a half. Can I see the Ravens winning by just seven? Absolutely, I could. I, I, I would be really, really surprised 
if this was an absolute blowout, um, you know, you could argue, well, it's short rest and, and, you know, Miami's not that good. They're injury prone, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, they, they, I mean, there, there's some validity to that. Um, but maybe they build this, this win against the Texans where they haven't been feeling good about themselves all year instead of a letdown spot. Maybe this is a spot where they, you know, pick themselves up a little bit and say, Hey, like we won a game. Like, let's try to, let's try to get a few more in this season. Right. Um, I'm kind of leaning the Miami, uh, plus seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite way here for sure. Another big thing I see here is Miami looking ahead as well. They got the New York Jets next week in a division game that you really need to win if you want to have a couple wins this week. I just think Baltimore might be my favorite out of the AFC right now. And sure, Miami could cover 7.5 because that's a lot of points. Short rest for both teams. Baltimore dealing with a ton of injuries, so that could be in trouble. But Miami's dealing with just as many, so... I'm kind of going on the thought that Brissett's going to play this game and they're going to rest to another game, kind of look forward to that Jets game. And that, with that in mind, i got to go Baltimore. A look ahead to the Jets makes no sense when you have two wins. That's all I'm saying. It makes I – mean, like, I get the angle. Don't, I'm not chirping your angle, but, like, from a sports perspective, if you're looking ahead to a divisional game versus the Jets when you're two and uh, seven, like, No. Like you, you can't do that. Like you, you have to put up a good effort every single week. I, I got to go the opposite. I'll, I'll, put, I'll lock that pick in. It's not my lock, but I'm locking that pick in at uh, Miami plus seven and a half Thursday night, by the way. So it's going to be uh, Sunday's going to be weird not having a Miami game, but, uh, but turn up. It's nice to have some Miami football in prime time. I actually love it because I always get stuck watching on Sundays, watching the Miami game, just because I have to, just to see how the teams do and how the guys are progressing. This week, Thursday night football. From 1 to 10 p.m. on red Sunday, zone. red zone, which is <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. So I, much better I, from a <laughs> from a so fantasy, much better from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, from yeah, hundred percent. Handicapper, everything like that. So much better. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Moving on, moving along to Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. slate. First game we have on the slate is the Buccaneers coming off their bye, heading to Washington. Buccaneers are favored by nine and a half here. And to me, this is this is not even close. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, off a bye after a loss to New Orleans. Sorry, Washington, you are going to get crushed. Your secondary is horrible. Going against Tom Brady, who's passing it like he's 20 years old again. This is going to be easy. Way more than 9.5 here. This isn't enough. This should be 13, 14. Tom Brady's going to come into Washington and just ruin them. Washington, 1-7 one one and seven against the spread. One and seven, and you're playing a team not much better against the spread. They're only three and five, but they are like infinitely better offensively and better, and I mean significantly better defensively. Surprisingly, because their defense is not that great. Uh, Cam, let's remind the audience: what can you do against Tampa Bay's defense? You can pass the ball. Okay, and what can you do? Can you run the ball? No. Does does like? Is McLaurin the only guy that Washington has to throw the ball Pretty to? Because Logan Thomas is on the IR. Logan Thomas may be back this week from what I was hearing. Well, if he is, maybe that changes it, but I don't think it changes it enough. Is he a two point is he a two point player on this on the spread? No. No. It's not it's not gonna change it enough. Like, it doesn't change it anything. Tampa Bay's gonna put up forty. And it doesn't matter what McLaurin can do. <laughs> you can put you can put up thirty the Washington football team could put up thirty. And, and still, still not cover. cover, and they're not. So, so yeah, yeah, it's. It, I, I'm with you. Bucks minus nine and a half is the play. 
And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move into the next game. Get rid of that one. Next game, we have the Detroit Lions heading to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favored by nine points. Woof, that's a lot of points for Big Ben. That's a lot of points for Big Ben. That's a lot of points. Let me just emphasize this again. That's a lot of points for Big Ben. Like, dude, for no, I mean, the Lions have been relatively successful this year in covering. I mean, they're four and four against the spread. Um, you know, the last, the week before the, because they were on bye last week, the week before that, they, you know, got blown away. It, it was not a great spot for them. I like Detroit in this spot. I mean, could I see even Detroit winning money line? Would it shock me with what's been going on in the NFL? Absolutely not. Um, number is too big. Uh, Jared Goff off of a bye with a team that's 0-8. They need a dub badly. Uh, they're not going to go 0-17. I'm telling you right now, they're not going 0 17, so they're gonna they're gonna get a dub here, at some point. But they're gonna cover this game at nine points. I'm gonna play this the opposite way. I'm taking this team off a of bye. At a certain point, you're 0 and 8 now. Dan Campbell's shit's not gonna keep working. You're just kind of like this is a letdown spot. Like they just don't care at this point. Their uh, Sewell hasn't been as good as they were hoping on the offensive line, and Pittsburgh is just gonna T.J. Watt is gonna murder Jared Goff. He just is. He's going to, he's going to get killed here. And again, this is, I'm going to go basically what I thought this Chicago game would be last week. This is going to be like 20 to nine or something. So they're going to cover the nine points. They're not going to score a ton. I mean, just listen to the SGP guys. Ryan was even joking about playing big Ben in DFS because he thinks they're going to have a game here. This is a Deontay Johnson. Najee Harris is going to go off. Fire Muth looks good. Uh, again, I just don't see Detroit scoring enough points to cover this. Again, nine points with Big Ben is a lot, but I just like this Pittsburgh team and this Detroit team at a certain point. They're just going to give up on the season. They just keep losing, and I don't know if Dan Campbell's shit's going to keep working to keep them motivated. I think it's a fair point, but I'm just going to go back to Big Ben at nine points. That's it. That's all I'm going with. Big Ben at nine points, that's a lot of points. If he covers the points, good good for him. But the only way he's doing it is if if it's through Harris. That's it. I don't think Deontay's going to have that. But just frankly, like having uh, Pittsburgh receivers this year is just not as profitable as fantasy wise as it would have been last year. Um, because Big Ben, it throw, I don't know if you saw that, like again, Monday night. Now that I know that it was Monday night. Um, there's a cup. I don't know if you saw the pass that Big Ben threw where like he went to throw it and it slipped out of his hand and it was dry as a bone on that, on that ball field. Like the guy just doesn't have it anymore. I like the nine. I like I like giving the the Lions the nine points. The biggest thing is, is do you know where Deontay Johnson likes to catch the ball? At the line of scrimmage. That's pretty much as far as the big Ben can throw it. So that works that's, out pretty well. That's true. There is some validity to that, no doubt. Yeah, and you could, you do have to give credit to the Bears. The Bears do have a good defense. Detroit doesn't. So that's the difference here. Moving along, we have the New Orleans Saints heading to Tennessee. Tennessee's only favored by three points here after all their big wins. To me, I'm just going to have to keep riding on these Titans. I think the Saints are a good team. They got a good defense, but I got to finally give the Titans credit here. They're only favored by three points. I got to go that way. I don't feel good about it. I feel like I'm being way too chalky this week, but got to go with the Titans in this spot. Three points is right on that betting line. Um, I mean, the Tennessee seven and two against the spread. That's I mean that's nothing to sneeze at, man. I mean the Saints are only four and four, so they're a pick 'em fifty fifty. Um 
You know, like when you're on that betting line too. I mean, Tennessee's at home. Uh, you know, the Saints are they're coming off a game where they probably, you know, maybe this is a get up game for them. And frankly, maybe this is a letdown spot for Tennessee. They just came off of three big wins, a bye week. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're, I think the big thing here is I think Tennessee's defense is going to like, I think Tennessee, well, Tennessee's defense 100% right now is better than Atlanta's. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So you look at it from this perspective and say, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to just guess, I guess, right? If I'm going to be wrong in a pick, I want to be wrong because, you know, another team just outperformed them. But you look at, look at the piece, look, look at the reasons why Tennessee should win this game. Their defense is better than the Saints. They're at home. They're seven and two against the spread. They figured out they, they've won three big games against teams that are better than the Saints, and they have found different ways to win every single time. Uh, you can't keep doubting them. I mean, I got to go uh, Tennessee minus three as well. And if it comes back to bite me, it comes back to bite me. But um, to me, uh, there's there's nothing here from the Saints' perspective, especially with Kamara as questionable uh, and maybe not playing. I don't see any reason why the Saints are going to cover the spot. Yeah, that's the big thing to me. In a game where Kamara could really do a good job because these they really play the interior linemen really well for Tennessee's defense, so a lot of screen passes to Kamara. But with him being questionable, you just three points is not enough. Moving right along, we have the Atlanta Falcons heading to Dallas. Dallas favored by nine points. (laughs) Oh, man. Dallas by nine after last week? Ooh. I don't want to take the Falcons, though. I I don't want to take the Falcons. This might Um, be my least favorite game to pick this week. Honestly. Like, I'm like, ah, fuck it. Give me Dallas minus nine. I, I don't I I mean you take a team who's six and one against this or whatever they are six and one six uh seven and one against the spread um against a team that is is not good like the the playoff spot whatever like I don't want to hear about this garbage um you're in a garbage division so you're in a playoff spot okay that's fine um man I just I, you got to go with the facts that I don't I don't think that Dallas's offense is going to have as much struggles as they did last week. They're seven and one against the spread. I don't think that's a fluke either. Um, maybe the line's a little bit aggressive, but nine points for Dallas. They've done it a lot this year. Give me Dallas minus the points. Yeah, I'm just going to take Dallas here and not think about it too much or uh, get too much into it. Okay, so moving <laughs> moving right along. We've got the Cleveland Browns heading to New England. New England's favored by two. Oh. So neutral field, this is a pick'em. To me, this shouldn't be. The Cleveland Browns are a much better football team, in my opinion. I know you have Nick Chubb, who's questionable with COVID, which is going to hurt. But Turnus Johnson was really good in the game he started. And again, this Cleveland team without OBJ looks really good. They got arguably the defensive player of the year on their team. I like this Cleveland team. This line, like you're going to give me this Cleveland team with points especially when New England hasn't been good at home this year. They've been better on the road than home. So to me, this is Cleveland all day. No problem. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really can't disagree. And again, I, I don't want to be – I mean, this is the opposite of Chalky. Like, technically, you're taking the dog. But, um, you know, you look at this and say, if the, you know, if the Patriots win this game, they're going to be a, what, a, what, a set, six and five team? 
No, five and six and four. Six and four. There'll be a six and four team. Like, that that puts them on pace for like nine wins. I don't. They're, they're only they're, a half game back at the division right I now. I know. Like this is what I'm saying. Like they're not a nine win team, and I just I just don't know if they're. I I just don't know if they're supposed to be as hyped as they are. And you're right when you when you talk about you know home, uh, you know home wins. I mean. They're one and four at home. They're four and zero on the road. Apparently, Bill likes the road. And then on the spread, five and four uh, against the spread. Five and four on the spread. They're fifty percent both ways. Take the points. That's just. I mean, the one and four record alone. That's just money line. The Browns are definitely going to keep it close to their OBJ. I totally agree with you. Give me the give me the Browns plus the two. Moving along to our next game, we have the Buffalo Bills heading to the New York Jets. Bills. Buff. Buffalo's favored by 12. Bills. Bills. Care to Bills explain? minus 12. The Bills have lost to Jacksonville. The Jets have put up 60-something points the last two weeks. Bills. Mike, Mike White's going to be back. Bills. Don't care. You just lost to Jacksonville. If you can't get up for a game where you just lost to Jacksonville, when the division is slipping away, like, bro, absolutely not. Yeah, I don't really want if to the Jets, that. I'm just sorry, really... if, if the, sorry, if the Bills did not lose to the Jags last week, you're taking the 12 minus the Jets all day long. Oh, for sure. This game just, I don't really want to bet on Buffalo, but I got to here. But I really don't trust Josh Allen this year. He just doesn't look as good as he is last year. He's looking more like the old Josh Allen. And But you got to go the 12. I just don't see the Jets showing up. I mean, Mike White, Josh Johnson, they've been... Fun the last two weeks, but there's a reason they're backups and they wanted to bring in Zach Wilson. And the Bills are just going to – I really think this could be a big, big number. They could just absolutely demo them. I mean, if you're not pissed as a Bills player, like, if you don't get up for this game, there's no game you're going to get up for. I'm telling you right now. Like, this is a divisional game. Not that it matters because the Jets are 2-6, and six, but, like, it's a divisional game. After you just got lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars last week, if you can't get up for this game, goodbye. You're not winning the Super Bowl this year. No chance. Moving along to the last game in the 1 p.m. slate, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Indy. Indy favored by 10.5. Urban Meyer, awful win against this Indy team that looks really good. Uh, this could be On 30. the road. Okay, not 30. But, yeah, the Indy 10.5, no problem. Jonathan Taylor looks great. Michael Pittman looks great. Carson Wentz has looked really good. Jacksonville, awful win. Questionable Trevor Lawrence. Again, this is two, three touchdowns for me. Like, Indy's proved that they can put up points. They put up 45 last week. So, 10.5 is not a big enough spread for this game for me. If you were on Indy last week, like both of, like you and I both were, then you're on Indy to cover this week. Don't yeah. let the Jags' success against the Bills sway your. Like, when I'm saying the Jags are in the Texans, like we're talking about that garbage, I'm not comparing them to the rest of the good teams in the league. Do not let the success against the Bills last week sway your knowledge on this week and say, well, they covered against the Bills. No, 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 no. They're still not a good team. And and, and Trevor Lawrence, questionable. Um, the, the Colts have been rolling. Carson Wentz has looked good. Take the Colts, minus the points. I'm not even thinking about this whatsoever. This, is, this was not a tough decision, despite the fact of how many points it is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Moving into the 4 p.m. slate, we have Minnesota heading to the L.A. Chargers. Chargers are favored by three. 
Chargers keep getting points for being home field, and they really shouldn't. Uh, Minnesota likes keeping games close. It's just a fact. It's they'll keep games close. They might not win them. They might lose on a field goal or lose by one or two, but they keep games close. That's just a fact. Chargers can't stop the run. Dalvin Cook is going to go off here. Oh, what? If you just completely go into the run, they got Jefferson, they got Thielen. I just see this being a massive Dalvin Cook game, and Vikings keep it close anyway, so three points. I'm all over the Vikings to cover this, and wouldn't shock me if they win it. Uh, the Chargers here need to prove that they're a good team and have a ch- I mean, to win the division, they need to cover this and win. Um, because if they lose this game, then you're 5-4, and four, and it's starting to slip away. The Chiefs are going to win. Um, but no, I'm... I'm that being said, like I'm with you in the sense where I actually of all the games, this might be the push of the week. Like with the history of the Vikings and like they like to keep games close. If the Chargers won an overtime by three or kicked a late field goal to win by three, would not shock me whatsoever. I I would think that that would be likely. The other scenario being, as you said, I think the Vikings have some really good weapons, and I think that again, you know, you look at last week and they let it slip away. They had chances and let it slip away. Not in prime time. Uh, Kirk Cousins can definitely have himself a, a, a game here. He's been decent the last couple of weeks. Um, I think that the Chargers are getting points, number one, because they're at home. Number two, they have the better record. I think that the 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 money maker, the line makers are, are looking at this and saying, all right, well, it's about time that the Chargers you know, put up or shut up, and I just think the Vikings are going to make them shut up. So give me the Vikings plus three. Yeah, moving right along, we have the Carolina Panthers heading to Arizona. Arizona favored by ten and a half. Arizona. Yeah, I'm, actually I'm off the pan- the- I'm off the Panthers train. I'm gonna go with the Panthers here in a ten and a half point spread. We don't know what's happening with Arizona. To me, it makes sense to probably rest the guys again. You got a lot of bigger games coming up. You're in a good spot in the division, given LA's loss and everything. Why push it with Kyler and D-Hop? No reason to. Carolina's defense has been fairly good. They've kept them in games that they have no reason being in. And anything's an upgrade over Sam Darnold. So if P.J. Walker, XFL MVP, if the finish, season finished, I think he's going to get the job close enough. Arizona's going to find a way to sneak this out. I don't know if Colt McCoy can do it multiple weeks in a row, but 10.5 is a big spread against a good defense. And I think this Carolina defense, although their offense is horrible, and it shouldn't be. If C Mac can get it going at all, if DJ Moore can get it going at all, I like Panthers covering ten and a half. It's an angle. I mean, it's definitely an angle um, that I re- I respect that angle. Like, I mean, I think that there's as I said, there's 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 validity to that angle. Um, but I again, like, I just I look at this. Um, I just I look at this this Cardinals team and what they were able to do last week. When again last week we were like, oh, I don't know, you're missing D Hop, you're missing Murray. Uh, I mean maybe and I, you know we talked about how the Niners are just maybe not good. Perhaps we could also just discuss that Carolina is just not that good. I think it's the same spot. Like I think it's legitimately the same spot two weeks in a row where you're like, oh okay, well this team definitely should be better. Um, but you got a team seven and two against the spread versus four and five against the spread, and the Cardinals are seven and two. Um, I like the lead on the side of history here, and in the fact that if Murray does play, whether in, in no matter what capacity, it's an upgrade over Colt McCoy, and to win by two touchdowns, I don't think is unrealistic. Um, again, C Mac's going to be on a snap count. Um, 
and that, that may continue the rest of the year. Like they may, they might not run him as hard or use him as hard the rest of the year. I mean, I'm putting that out into the, the world so that maybe that'll come true um, from a fantasy perspective, but I don't know. I just, again, it's, it is a big number, but I think that this week you're going to see some of the big numbers start to win. I, I just, you, you, all these dogs can't keep, can't keep backdoor covering these week after week after week. I just don't see it happening. I just think Carolina's biggest issue this year in their downfall has been their quarterback play. They got a different quarterback this week. So if this was six and a half or something, I'd easily go Arizona, but 10 and a half touchdown and a field goal for an Arizona team. That's playing without a lot of key players. Probably. I like it moving along though. We got Philadelphia Eagles heading to Denver, Denver favored by three after their big win. Yuck. I hate this game so much. Yeah, this is not a fun one to take. I think I got to lean on the side of Philly here. I think Denver was coming up with a big game last week over Dallas. They're going to kind of look ahead to the bye here next week too. They've had a little COVID trouble with Fant. They've had some other issues. So I think they're going to kind of look ahead here. And Philly's kind of been scrappy. I'm not a huge fan of the Eagles still. I don't think they're that good. But I don't think Denver's as good as I thought they were before the year either. So Philly's going to cover the three points here. Yeah, three points. Again, it's right on that betting line, right? Like They're just putting this in a sense as a pick em. That's the big thing. They're like, oh, we're not really sure. Put them at three points. That's a pick em spot. Uh, big push spot as well. And I would, you know, like the Eagles put up 24 against the Chargers. The Broncos defense is significantly better than the Chargers, in my opinion. And, I mean, you look, I mean, Teddy Two Gloves is at home. Teddy Two Gloves doesn't necessarily cover at home. But you do have the Philly going to the to the elevation. We've talked about that before. And, you know, maybe is it a letdown spot for the Broncos? It's very possible. Uh, I just hate I hate giving points to the Eagles. They're just so inconsistent. Uh, give me the Broncos minus the three. Yeah, I mean, it's again, that game to me is such a hard one to kind of look at and handicap. So I could go either way. Moving into the last 4 p.m. game, we have the Seattle Seahawks heading to Green Bay. Green Bay favored by three and a half. To me, this is just a huge momentum play. Russ is back. Aaron Rodgers, we're unsure of. If Aaron Rodgers isn't playing and Jordan Love is, this spread goes the other way. It's two and a half, three and a half Seattle favored easily. I just like the comeback story here. Russ is going to come in. If he's not healthy, if he wasn't ready to be back, he wouldn't be in. Russ is ready to go cook. Lockett looked good last week. You got DK. You got everything coming together. I like Seattle in this spot. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Packers. Give me Packers uh, minus the three. Again, right in the middle of that betting line. Um, three and a half. Three and a half. Is it three, so is three and a half? Sorry, I, I misheard. Um, three and a half. So you're, you're over the top. So really, you should take the Seahawks. I think that is that's the betting edge play. That's the sharp play. Uh, but that being said, I, I, Seattle is awful against the run. They're 29th in the league against the run. I think you're due for, um, you're due for an Aaron Jones. <laughs> you're due for an Aaron Jones blowout week. No doubt about it. He's been underperforming the last couple weeks against a team. That's not good against the run. Uh, look at against the spread. Uh, the Packers are eight and one against the spread this year, eight and one. And the Seattle's five and three, um, I think that Rodgers is going to be back this week, and I, I just, I, I do think that uh, the three points. I think 
uh, Green Bay probably wins by probably wins by a touchdown. I don't have any faith in the Seahawks. The I think there's a lot of things leaning Seahawks way. So or sorry, uh, Green Bay's way, and then the home field advantage swings at the other swings at their way as well. So give me them uh, minus the three and a half. Yeah, I'm just not as high on this Green Bay team as they've been this year. I think they're going to have a letdown spot. The reason Jones is not having as good because Dylan's looked really good. The other reason I want to back this game, Pete Carroll off a bye. I think he's going to come in with a really good game plan here when I think Rodgers has caused a lot of issues with this Green Bay team, even if he's back. Aaron Rodgers might want to shut up the haters. If he's back, he might. You know what I'm saying? This could be. Aaron Rodgers loves the FU game, so it could be a huge he FU does. game for Aaron he Rodgers. D- exactly. He loves he, it. He does. He's he's the biggest fuck you player in the league, and this this is a perfect spot for him. Right? If he comes off this COVID protocol and he's like, you know what, shut the fuck up, here you go. Uh, eat that 14 point Seattle suck it like that's that's a possibility no doubt either way um, again at, at three and a half you know it's it, it could again it's it could go either way not quite a pick them but uh, but we both like our stances on that yeah moving along to Sunday night football we have KC heading to Vegas KC favored by two and a half points I'm gonna do it again I'm a glutton for punishment. Give me KC minus two and a half. The betting line says you got to take it. They haven't covered I, like the last two times that we like. I've bet them two weeks in a row now. I think this is the Buffalo thing. I keep bringing this up. This is the Buffalo Sabers over and over and over again. And I'm like, okay, eventually this has got to hit two and seven versus the spread. The the Chiefs are, and man, this has got to be the week that they come away with it. This has got to be the week to cover this two and a half. This Vegas team is a mess. I know that the Chiefs are bad defensively. Everybody in the league knows it. It is Mahomes time. It is Tyreek time. Uh, it like it is time to get it going. Kelsey time. Whatever. Two and a half on the betting line with the uh, with the Chiefs. Won a Super Bowl, uh, got to the Super Bowl. Man, you got to take the Chiefs here. I know it's a bad spot. I know they don't cover against the spread. I know that next week I'm going to be saying, God dang, why am I betting against the, well, on the Chiefs against the spread when the Chiefs don't cover? But I got, I'm a glutton for punishment. I got to do it. When does Derek Carr play his best football against the Kansas City Chiefs? Who has issues with the readers all the time? The Kansas City Chiefs. This front line with Ngaku and Crosby is going to get to Mahomes. This offensive line for KC has not been good. Derek Carr loves playing the Chiefs. I'm taking the Raiders here. I really like this spot for them. Kind of got through all the noise from last week. They want to win this division. They're in a good spot to do things. This defense has looked really good. This offense is going to step up here. Derek Carr to Waller. Going to have a game here. I'm going to go the Raiders side on this one. Well, KC well, doesn't cover. It's a, it's a good bet because KC doesn't cover. But I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel. I'm so scared. <laughs> Moving into Monday Night Football, we have the LA Rams heading to San Fran. Rams favored by four. I mean, Rams. The Rams will cover this game at four. The Rams didn't play their best last week. They got a little extra rest here with the Monday Nighter. San Fran's not good. Why are the uh, Rams only getting four? Because they looked bad last week. So, like, it's an overreaction. But, like, the, the 49ers look terrible. Yeah, the line just didn't move very much. To me, the biggest news I'll have from this game, this is probably Jimmy G's last start. They lose this game, too. They're probably out of playoff contention. you got to start putting Trey Lance in at that point. 
Kyle Shanahan, still the most overrated coach. He's not good. He has a losing record. He doesn't get the job done. Overrated. I don't know if Sean McVay's really underrated or anything, but he's a decent coach. So Rams off that loss are going to find a way to get it done this week. I I mean, I totally, I totally agree. This has got to be the play. Um, that wraps up our picks for week 10. Um, man, it's, it's grindy. The one thing I will say like 10 weeks in, like looking back, uh, every week, especially when you have a couple bad weeks in a row, you're like, good God, I got to pick it. I got to pick him again this week. Um, and the biases start to weigh in. Like, it's kind of like, this is why it's so hard to, I mean, I, I saw a thing about, you know, like talking about survivor pools and, and all that kind of shit. And people are like, oh, I'm, you know, 60% against the spread on, or sorry, I'm 60% on money line. I'm like, bro, that's terrible. Like 60% on money line. Like imagine betting against the spread. Like, holy crap, man. It's, 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 it's extremely difficult. Uh, I still like it. Don't get me wrong. Like it definitely makes uh, the, the, the game's interesting to watch and I'm begging for one thing or another. I need a good gambling week though. I've had two bad ones in a row. It's been, it's been a tough go the last couple of weeks. So we're going to do a double lock. I think again, we got to keep the momentum going. We were 50% last week, which was a positive that moved the percentages up. So we got to so keep we'll the same mojo. We'll switch it up a little bit though. Cause we didn't go four for four or anything. Okay. So I'll, I'll go first and then we'll flip flop where last week you did two in a row. Then I did two in a row. Okay. So wait, do so, I get, so are we doing snake where I get two, three? Do you want to go snake? Well, have, make, we, have we done snake? We yet? haven't done snake. Let's do okay, snake. Okay. Well, let's do snake then. Let's go. Let's go one, two, three, four. Yep. Okay. I will go Tampa Bay covering nine and a half for my first overall pick. Then I just think Tampa Bay is going to get the job done off the buy. Washington can't stop the pass. Tampa Bay loves passing it. Brady wants to add to every record he already owns. So Tampa Bay is going to win this game by more than 10 points. That's a big total to lock up. I mean, I respect it. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I respect that number. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, give me, oh God, give me the chiefs minus two and a half lock it up. It's going to happen this week. Locked up. The, I'm pretty sure that uh, two weeks ago, I locked up the chiefs and they let me down. Uh, this week I got to lock them up again. Uh, two and a half on the road. You need the dub. You're fighting for the division. You're fighting for the playoffs. You're fighting for respect from your fan base and from the league. This is a great spot against a team that you should beat. You should beat down. I know that Derek Carr plays good against you, but you got to put something up. Give me Chiefs minus two and a half. Second lock, I'm going Rams minus four on Monday Night Football. Give me the two prime time games as my locks. Super exciting to watch. Lock the Rams up last week. Let me down, doubling down this week on the four points versus the Niners. Let's go Rams. Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, get the job done and give me to 100% on the week. My second lock, I'm going to go to just fading Urban Meyer. He came off a win. I don't care what this spread is. 10.5 for Indy, that's not nearly enough. Indy's going to cover 10.5. I'm going off the board here. I don't like laying big numbers for locks. I'm doing it with both here. 20 points combined. I feel good about both these games. Tampa Bay and Indy are both going to win, and they're both going to win big. So Woof. I like it. You went That's a, a big spread uh, for you, dude. I like it. Got to change it up. The percentages <laughs> can't get worse. See, I'm doing the opposite, where I'm just going to keep hammering the teams that I lost the weeks before because they got to come through for me eventually, right? No. 
<laughs> no. Out of all my locks. Until like, you're in too much of a hole. Yeah, you hate the Chiefs lock out of my two, right? That's the one you hate the most. Yeah, I don't like the Chiefs lock. All right, well, we're going to find out. I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, I like the Colts. I'm trying to think. The Colts lock I like. Who's your other one? Tampa Bucks. Oh dang, I do like the Bucks too. I like the Bucks better than the Colts though. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the Jags are going to do with the Colts and the Jags. <laughs> the Jags are not going to come into this game playing well at all. They just beat Buffalo. How are they? Yeah, like, no, I, what do you have to look up to? It only, I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe you. Maybe you get bolstered by the fact that you put up a good effort against a good team. I don't fucking know. Like, anyway. Um, last prediction, Burke. Where, okay. in your opinion, does OBJ end up? Packers. He's. I just. I don't see any reason why. Why the Chiefs want to blow up their juju, which has been terrible juju in general. Uh, I just don't see at this point why they need him. They have plenty of good wide receivers. I don't think he gets the usage that they need. I could see him going there because he like. There's a good chance that they can compete for a Super Bowl. Um, but I think that for him and his usage. I think if he goes to Green Bay and he gets in the favor of Aaron Rodgers, that Aaron Rodgers will sling him the ball more. Uh, the Saints makes no sense to me. I don't know why they're in that conversation whatsoever. Um, could it be the Thomas angle? Maybe they need that guy. For me, though, the Packers have been begging for a quote-unquote top 10 talent uh, for a long time. Aaron Rodgers has wanted people. Maybe he called them up and said, hey, dude, let's go and give this thing a run. Uh, Packers, for me, is is the logical destination and, and and uh, our, our buddy Brady will freak out because he hates OBJ and loves his loves his Packers. But I don't know. To me, that makes the most sense. Yeah, I know they kind of have it down to three points from some of the reports, but I'm going off the board here. I think a perfect spot for him to end up with is the New England Patriots. They have no wide receivers. They have a structure that's going to get you in check if you're a cancer. They've done it with many other players. They're such a kind of structured team and to do that. And Mac Jones has looked fine to throw the ball to somebody. So to me, there's no bullshit in uh, New England either. I think that might be a spot to just play this year out, uh, get your stock back up and be the number one. And they're competing for the playoff spot. They still have a chance at the division. They're only a half game back of the Bills and play them two times. So if OBJ thinks it's as good as he is, I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. But that might be a spot to do it in. Does he want to play under Bill though? I don't know if Bill's a Bill's a great coach for the egotistic OBJ. He gets them back in line. He's done it with a bunch of other guys. So Antonio he did it with Brown, Randy Moss, Randy Moss. Yep. I mean, it's fair. So, it would be. I just like that. But... I think the structure would be better for him, but uh, I don't think it'll happen. To me, it's probably again makes the most sense with the Packers or Saints, but uh, I like the New England angle. I'll respect any angle that's uh, that's off the board. I like that a lot. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at over six sports on Twitter. We have been more active. No doubt. Cam, you did a really good job last weekend, tweeting some stuff out. Kudos to you. It was good stuff. We're going to be doing that again this weekend, uh, as well. I mean, obviously follow at C, uh, C Charlton turf and, uh, at Zach Burke over six, um, where we're obviously a little bit more active and you can find some funny memes and whatever. We're, we're a pretty good follow. Uh, Cam, anything else you want to uh, throw out before we head out for next week? No, that is all. I'm really liking a Jalen Waddle over receptions or Mike Gusecki over receptions for Thursday night. I know the linebackers for uh, Baltimore are quite active, but they also overplay stuff. So yards might be the way to go 
on Gusecki, receptions for Waddle for uh, Thursday night football props. And uh, uh, Lamar Jackson over 0.5 touchdowns running. I think he could actually get two versus Miami, frankly. Uh, but just just keep an eye on that. I'm not. We're not throwing first touchdowns because we're not. We're not as good as SGP. We can't do that shit. But look for uh, look for a Lamar uh, rushing touchdown tomorrow. I think it's. I think it's likely. Uh, fins up, baby. Thursday night football. Can't wait for that. Uh, as always, for the Over Six Sports Podcast, I am Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me, the Turf King. Thank you for listening to Over Six Sports, and we will chat with you next week.